It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. And a happy new year. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who wants to replace Hell in a Cell with hate in a crate. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. And the K Quick to my road dog. Get rowdy for Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? Oh, uh, hey, there you go. Staying on brand. Uh, tying it all in the intro. Uh, for those that don't know, K Quick is uh, our truth. Ron Killings. Yeah, Ron Killings. First, the first uh, Black NWA champion. Yeah, in the year two thousand two, like you said, uh, not a moment too soon. <laughs> Yeah, right um, when the NWA meant nothing, but good for him how, still. How dare you? They were with TNA at that time. Right, right. So that meant something, Greg. God, why do I it always explain something? To you? It always means something when your company is six initials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> NWA, TNA. That's not a mouthful. Especially when three of those initials are TNA. Bro. God. <laughs> bro, it's I swear it's not about sex, bro, even though we totally got a faction named Sex. People that don't I remember about that. Yeah, for people that don't remember, there was a a faction in TNA called Sports Entertainment Extreme Sex. Yeah. <sighs> AJ Styles was a part of Sex. <laughs> wow. You said that. I mean, you're not wrong, he, but wow. Yeah, he, he he was. Well, this is our first good show of uh, the month. We're two shows deep, and it's our first one. And uh, next week, uh, I in saw... our opinion, okay, let's make that clear. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, there might be some people who thought Turning Point 07 was a fantastic show, and in which case, last week's episode probably pissed you off uh, because and, we did uh, not. <laughs> and if you did think that was a good show, uh, I can recommend a good psychiatrist. Yeah, uh, and if you did think it was a good show, please raise your hand, and Tommy will come back there and hit you in the head with a hammer. Because you are a moron. <laughs> I got one in. Uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's all subject to opinion, but seriously. But either way, uh, today we're talking about Armageddon 2000. This one was handpicked by Greg, and I was not going to put up a fight about watching this one back, because, this like I said... This was an effing masterpiece. Okay, yeah, no other masterpiece, but it was great. I don't know if I've um, seen this one top to bottom. I know I've seen the main event. Uh, the rest of the matches, I don't know until this this watchback for this show. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw it before. So I, it did not disappoint. Brought me back yeah. to this time, which was uh, held some fond wrestling memories for me. 
there you go. Uh, unfortunately, within a few months, the other two companies outside of the WWF are officially dead. I mean, as of right now, they're ostensibly dead, but <laughs> they're they're still. It's like oh, we know WCW's on its deathbed during this one. ECW, I still right. feel like King is kind of a shock out of nowhere. Yeah, it was it was floundering for a while. It was just kind of everybody was waiting. They were like, "Well, we know it's going to die. When is it going to die? Is it going to be this week, next week? I don't know." But uh, yeah, WCW was basically on life support, and they were just they were waiting for the call. It's like, "Are you going to pull the plug? Who's going to do it?" And we're actually going to talk about that in the news as well. Some some stuff about that because it we know that Turner's not keeping hold of it. So that that's known uh, across every. You know, for everybody at this point, that Turner is not keeping it. They're selling it off. Uh, are they, what are they at this point? Time Warner? They are Time Warner at this point, yes. Okay. Uh, so, or AOL, I think, I think it's AOL Time Warner at this point, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I only say that because I, I think they, they merged with Time Warner, Turner that is, merged with Time Warner, and then they Pronounce. brought in AOL. Right. And then I think they had another merger with AOL after that. So it was just like, boom, boom. And WCW's dead. <laughs> fast forward 22 years and we're going through the same thing again. And there's a wrestling program on the networks again. We actually got a lot of news and notes to cover today. So we're going to do that uh, real quick. We're going to pause right quick to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's main event marks all one word for 15% off your order. And now that we're done with that. Uh, like I said, go check out our YouTube page. It's on our Linktree store, which we talk about going into the break. You can get uh, the Linktree address in this break and also hear about how you can get some podcast-themed merchandise in this break. So don't skip ahead. Listen listen to uh, what we got to say, and we'll bring you the news on the other end of this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
winner. At Long John Silver's, feed your sea tooth with a fish and shrimp platter. Two heavyweights of the high seas dipped in our signature batter and fried to golden perfection. Pair your platter with Wisconsin white cheddar cheese bites and ride a wave of melty goodness. Order ahead at LongJohnSilver's.com. Fish yeah! Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. I do not have a can click this week. I apologize. It's so damn cold. I'm drinking coffee. So yeah, it's, uh, I was, I was drinking some earlier. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of cocoa lately too. So getting, getting in the, in the spirit. And if anybody doesn't, uh, it wants to spice up the cocoa a little bit, a little bit of advice, those, those coffee syrups you can get, like the flavored syrups you're supposed to use in coffee, pour those in your cocoa and, you can make it like caramel chocolate and crap like that. Okay. It's awesome. The fact that you said cocoa, I'll let it sl- I'll let it slide. But had you said coffee, you'd be dead to me. No, you. I don't. I don't. I don't like the taste of them in my coffee for some reason. But in cocoa, they're good. Uh, and then also sprinkle a little cinnamon in there. Gives it uh, gives it some zest. We're actually. I miss Conan O'Brien. <laughs> you got me all nostalgic. Wow. We're gonna start off this week with. This week in ECW. I may have another volley, sir. I think this is the first time we've ever started out with this, but there's a lot to get into with ECW. Well, so. there's a good reason for it. 
people. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, it's not all bad. It's mostly bad, but not all bad. With all the chips down, ECW came out swinging with a pretty strong pay-per-view massacre on 34th Street. Now in the archives. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I don't remember it off the top of my head. I know we covered it last year. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. But uh, either way, uh, more importantly, everybody got paid at the show, meaning that the roster is now... <laughs> I know, oh, that's, that's the note. <laughs> I know. That's pretty sad when you have to specify. Everybody got paid, I swear to God. <laughs> swear to David. Yeah. Well, check this oh, out. I guess that means, still okay. Sorry. <laughs> this, this means that the roster is now only five weeks behind in pay. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Only. Again. Again. Sad that we're celebrating that. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pathetic. Uh, I haven't got paid in like a month, but you know, whatever. At least I got paid, you know, one time. Good grief. Uh, even more. Raver getting paid. I'll tell you that. We all were smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, even more importantly, nobody has quit just yet. Despite rumors that the company would be out of business by the end of the year, Paul Heyman informed the roster of three new shows that are booked in January. There's a pay-per-view in New York, plus two sold shows to local promoters in Bluff, or Sorry, Popular Bluff, Missouri, and Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Those are made Lots up places. Yeah, right. Or it's going to be Pop, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. You know, I don't want to offend anybody who lives in that made-up town of Narnia. <laughs> uh, I, I, just want, I just want it on the record. I didn't say that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we have any listeners as of yet from Missouri. I could be wrong, but, you know. Missouri. Hey, way. screw the Chiefs, man. <laughs> right. Sorry. Pine Bluff, Arkansas. <laughs> Screw the... Uh, you know what? You're uh, yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, <laughs> uh, those will end up becoming the final three shows in ECW history. Uh, Heyman has said that sorry, he plans sorry. to Does hang it say on. that? Or are Not you just the, adding that? That's uh, editorialized afterwards. Oh, okay. Like, I, I, I thought it really said that. I'm like, I thought it went under ran, like randomly. No one saw it coming. Kind of no. shocked me there for a second. Okay. Well, sorry, Dave... Dave kind of figured because he's like, well, uh, usually you don't book like, you know, three shows in advance. And that's literally it, as he said. You know, I mean, it's true. you got to book ahead uh, for to get a venue, even smaller ones. So right. Heyman, Heyman had nothing on the books. So he was like, ah, it's got to be done, right? Like, <laughs> uh, when you know who won the pony? I'm sorry. Is that a pun? Nothing on the books? No, nothing to pay yeah. the guys the books? Ha 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 ha. I will pay you an expired Burger King coupons, sir. The best one is on Queens Boulevard. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Heyman said that uh, he plans to hang on in some form, even if the company has to be scaled back. Well, well. Uh, he wasn't even there to turn out the lights, man. You know, we joke about this, but it is really sad, man. Yeah, like, this was his baby, you know. Yeah, I know. But at the same I time, mean, I, like, uh, you abandon. I, I realize he uh, had a paying gig, so I see that side of it. But it's like he wasn't even there to uh, turn out the lights. He's like, hey, Tommy, you got this one, right? Your check is in the mail. I swear to God. It gets a little less depressing. when You know that every single one of them basically found their way to WWE, at least all the ones that mattered. So, yeah, right. you know, it's, there's that. And there are a few of them that went on to wrestle elsewhere, and I'm sure they got paid for appearances and whatever else. So, 
that's the one cool thing about wrestlers is like they can keep getting paid for appearances for like ever. But as far as the ECW pay-per-view, there was a sold-out crowd of 2,600 people at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Everyone worked hard, less dumb angles, and most of the matches were good. The crowd lost interest when the matches went too long, which really hurt the main event. But otherwise, it was a strong show. It was expected that Scott Hall was going to work the show, but the deal fell through the day before, and then he got arrested. This is two shows in a row now. Yeah. Uh, something nefarious with that poor guy. Right. Uh, some, uh, more on the Scott Hall stuff here in a few, but uh, someone in the crowd opposite the hard camera had a sign that said, Hey, Paulie, where's my check? <laughs> uh, the sign got confiscated. Yeah. Oh, but I thought this was ECW and they were, you yeah. know, they were hardcore and extreme. And only WWE does that BS. Come on. Yeah, right. How dare you? Whatever. Uh, I do. I, I'm curious now. ECW. What was uh, what did I say? Massacre on 34th Street. Yeah, there we go. The hell was Massacre? Yeah, I believe it was Steve Carino, Jerry Lane. And just uh, incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. Uh, this was when a title was changing hands every month. And this is the one it didn't. That is correct. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and also Jack Victory was at ringside, so hell yeah. We can't go a show without getting Jack Victory in our show. Damn. It's just a, it's just a rule. Oh, yeah, he, he stole the promo again. High spot! <laughs> anyway, of all the ECW wrestlers complaining, speaking of this guy, uh, of all the ECW wrestlers complaining about being uh, behind on pay, Paul Heyman is only mad at Steve Carino, claiming that he's the one wrestler who doesn't have a right to complain. Basically, Carino had a pretty bare-bones, next-to-nothing contract when he first signed with the company in 1999, but he got over so good, and he was going through a divorce, so Heyman has since given him two big raises since then. Uh, By the terms of his contract Carino signed last year, he should be making $300 per week. My God, how can you eat with that? I'm not even joking. You didn't misspeak, right? Right, $300 per week. I make that in like two days, but uh, not to, uh, good Lord. Anyway, uh, and it's, but instead he's making $1,500 per week. Heyman said, quote, he shouldn't have bought a brand new house and a $35,000 car. Fact of the matter is that if anyone has anything to complain about here, Steve Carino is not one of those people. He's perhaps the only wrestler in this crew whose contract, if you read it, he's way ahead of his contract and has nothing to gripe about, end quote. Heyman says oh, uh, that, there's so much wrong with all of this. Yeah. Uh, I can see both sides of it because obviously Heyman is in the wrong because he's not paying the dude what he agreed upon. But yeah, I mean, if I was going through a divorce, going through a hard time and all this stuff. Yeah, I probably wouldn't run right out and buy a brand new house and an expensive ass car. That, but at the same time, he was probably counting on that money that he was promised. That was going to be my other point. Like, yeah, they gave him a raise, but if he didn't get the money, did it really happen? <laughs> yeah, right. Like a tree falling in the woods. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, when, when when somebody says you're promoted at work, and really the only thing that happens is you get more responsibilities. Right. Like, oh, uh, thanks. Hey. Anybody can get a raise, man. I'm giving you a title, man. You can't buy that. Yeah, right. 
It's like, so uh, can I make my own schedule? Oh, no, no, no. I still do that. <laughs> can I, uh, uh, you know, can, can I have my own uh, office? Oh, no, no, no. You, you still stay out with the plebes. <laughs> so it's what is it? Oh. Prestige thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, I give you a new name tag and it's a new color. So that's Be cool. Bedazzled right? it too. Yeah, right. It's shiny. But Heyman says that he knows that the ECW payroll is inflated, but said that he had to offer big contracts to everyone last year because they were getting ready to move to TNN at the time and couldn't afford to have the entire locker room raided by the WWF and WCW. And yet it still did. Yeah, right. So I don't know, man. I I guess. Uh, Uncle Dave and others had said, like, the thing that saved ECW from going under back then was the TNN deal. And then, oddly enough, when it got yanked back, this happened, and they died. And they gave Vince McMahon $200 million, like he needs it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> God dang it. To be, fair, to be fair, Paul ain't wrong on that, but... <laughs> yeah, right. A deal's a deal, though, dude. And, well, in 97, he was like, God dang it, Brett, I, uh... I can't afford your contract, pal. I, I, you don't understand. I had to Airbnb my yacht. Ugh. Now it smells that's, like Cheetos. That's when Austin hadn't blown up yet, though. Yeah, right. Uh, well, Paul Heyman said that he gave Jerry Lynn his highest recommendation to Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and Jim Ross in the WWF, as well as Terry Taylor in WCW. Uh, and uh, is hoping... Uh, and is hoping to help Lynn land on in one of the two companies. I like that how his contact in WCW is Terry Taylor. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I guess he was in and out of power and, you know, worked in the office or whatever. But, like, him? Like, he's the one? You're not yet. Not Johnny Ace. That is, the, that is the red effing rooster. What do you not get? Yeah, right. Well, he couldn't put in a call to Kevin Sullivan. Like, hey, Paul, you got a line on the socks. Well, I know I'm a Yankee, sir. I will have you know. How about them Yankees? Click. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Lynn is also looking forward to work or looking for work in Japan, particularly for Noah. Heyman has said that Lynn is still in ECW for as long as he wants to be. Then there's RVD who once again for uh, or wasn't mentioned at all on the pay-per-view RVD has the highest contract in the company and is owed a lot of money. And he's likely the one person that no matter what happens, ECW probably just can't afford him anymore. Heyman has since offered everyone in the locker room, a full release. If anyone wants to leave, no strings attached. And as of now, no one has taken him up on it. Well, yeah, cause they're waiting for the phone to ring. Released to go where? It's obviously reached out to them. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, if, if WCW and WWF aren't calling you, there's probably a reason. Eh, yeah, I mean, Lynn does pop up in the WWF. Is it later in... Oh, is it no one when he pops up? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, I know he was in one of the SmackDown games. I think it was uh, yeah. Shut Your Mouth. Uh, but either way, uh, the, and then RVD, he comes in with the invasion angle stuff. So he's there. He, he goes a superstardom. So it's exactly it now fair. he's a hall of famer. <laughs> yep. It was fair. His, his thoughts on RVD not being able to keep him. Yep. And Jerry Lynn 
and now works backstage in AEW. So, uh, Jerry, I guess, <laughs> and he gets beat up by Chris Jericho now because he was a Ring of Honor champion. So there's that. Oh God, is that is that his gimmick now? He beats up all the former Ring of Honor champions. He's gonna beat them all. He beats up Ian Riccoboni too, and the announcer, oh, the man. ring announcer, and. Oh, well, everybody's beat his ass, but (laughs) that used to be a running joke. There's a lot of tensions between Heyman and the ECW wrestlers. No, I am shocked. You are blowing my mind right now. I know, right? I I was shocked, too, but hold on to your ass. But apparently it's for a lot of reasons, particularly related to the Texas House shows that were recently canceled. Sandman, Steve Carino, Mikey Whipwreck, and Tajiri had all gotten themselves booked on an indie show in Texas the night before the ECW tapings with the idea that ECW would fly them out there since they had to go anyway, and they would pick up an extra night's pay with uh, working this indie show without having to pay their own way to get there. You know, since Heyman's not actually paying them. Uh, Heyman was upset that a bunch of ECW guys were going to work a show that would basically be competition to their own show the next night. When the ECW shows got canceled, all the wrestlers had to pull out of that indie show. Also, since ECW was no longer flying them to Texas. <laughs> Man, that it sounds just... like a mess. Any way to screw somebody over, huh? Yikes. And then this is the last. I... E... Oh, stupid, but I didn't realize it was this much of a mess at the way. I mean, I knew it was a mess, but man. Yeah, it really puts it all into perspective for you. Uh, With the uncertainty surrounding WCW, Paul Heyman feels that 2001 could be a year to turn things around for ECW. Because even if Eric Bischoff buys WCW without Turner paying off all the huge losses, it's still going to be a struggle for the new uh, WCW to survive. And Heyman sees that as an opening. About that. Yeah, about that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I've only got three shows booked, but, you know, this could be our year. Yikes, this is going to be the man. biggest shows ever. Yeah, right. Bro, this, uh, be this is WrestleMania ever. like 6, 17, and, and, and 38 all wrapped in a one right here. That's, that's the three shows. Yeah, right. Bro, you see that aerial shot of the crowd at WrestleMania 3, bro? This is it, bro. It's going to be Yoch. <laughs> Holy crap. Biggest attendance ever. Attended by more people than saw WrestleMania 3. That's what people tell me, okay? Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so I said we'd get to this, and uh, unfortunately, now is the time. Scott Hall got thrown in jail over the weekend after a dispute with a cab driver who wouldn't take Hall's credit card as payment. Hall began kicking the doors of the cab. Police were called, and he was arrested. <sighs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's yikes. Uh, sp- that's not even the worst Scott Hall story I got. It's this one right here. Oh, wait, it gets better. Uh, Yeah, right. Speaking of which, there are more details on Scott Hall's last arrest two weeks ago from a local newspaper story. Hall was driving on the wrong side of a six-lane highway and caused an accident with two other vehicles. Hall was a bloody mess at the scene, and police found two open beer bottles in the car. Hall said that he was despondent over personal issues and had drank all night before the accident and then failed to show up the next morning to pick up his kids. Hall's estranged wife, Dana, took shots at uh, Hall's friends who have been encouraging him to return to the ring. 
She also said that Scott did not start drinking after the divorce, but they divorced because of his addictions and infidelities. Anyway, after the arrest, Hall's visitation rights with his children have been suspended until a judge reviews the case. As part of the initial agreement, Hall had signed a document promising not to do any drugs or alcohol within 24 hours of seeing his children, and obviously that didn't work out. Man. Sucks, man. Yeah. Think about how many... I mean, obviously now, because he's passed away, think about how many years he took off his life. It's just, that's awful. And the, and the time he like screwed up with his, like being around his kids and stuff like that too. Cause obviously he was too drunk to spend time with his kids and whatever else. So, <sighs> but uh, furthering on with the Scott Hall stuff, this one isn't about the, you know, court case, but uh, WCW's legal department has now issued a ruling that Scott Hall can no longer be referenced or even alluded to on TV anymore. Good Kevin God. Nash, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, Kevin Nash has been told countless times to stop pushing a Scott Hall return to TV because it's not happening, but he just keeps doing it anyway. So whatever, this rule is meaningless. And what were they going to do? Fire Kevin Nash? He's basically I, untouchable, right? I think he knew he had them by the balls. Like, that he could do whatever he wanted. You know, who gives a crap? The inmates ran the asylum, man. You would never have crap like that. Say what you will about Vince McMahon. No one would ever get away with that kind of crap under Vince McMahon. But Cornette always says it, too. No matter when he's talking, when he's being critical, they would be just, at the very end of the day, they're still professionally ran. No matter what the hell happens. It's still yep. professional. Well, and um, like Jim Ross always talked about, he said, everything comes down to the old man. He said, no matter what you think, he's like, it all, no matter what ideas you got, what you want to do, everything goes through the old man. So there you go. I'm going to be sad about that not being a bad thing. I mean, I yep. get it. People are like, well, he's out of touch, whatever. But <laughs> you know, I he's ran it successfully for his entire life. Come on. I, I don't, he never really lost money, did it? After the like, horrible 1995 years. Yeah, right. Well, that's why I think, uh, I, I think that's, you know, it, it was, it was his time. He did his, he did his thing. I think it was time for him to gracefully, you know, step away, whatever. And Triple H has the hot hand and him and Stephanie came in and I think, uh, seems to be running pretty well doing. Oh, just credit Shawn Michaels. He's running NXT and it's fantastic. So, yep. Everything, everything's going great. I, I just, they have the biggest gate in Royal Rumble history, the biggest WrestleMania gate. It's like, clearly, everything's going good. That's why they always had things like before. They always had it, it wasn't like a written rule, but they always had kind of an unwritten rule in the territory days. They said, uh, uh, you got to cycle out bookers like, you know, one, at least every couple of years. They're like, because after a while, you just you run out of fresh stuff or, you know, you get burnout or you lose bro, touch or whatever fresh stuff always bro and and vince mcmahon it was one of them it's like it, it, it really came down to like dude go out and touch grass man like your whole life is wwe that's why they said he he was tuned into certain things if he could work it into the product but they said like he didn't know what the hot new movie was or what the new you know the new pop artists are out there making billions you know it's like he doesn't pay attention to that stuff he doesn't know who won the world series 
that was a that was a yeah. big argument that uh, Conrad got into with uh with Bruce where his he was on a show one time and they were like well who won the uh who won the World Series and he couldn't he was like I I don't know and Bruce was like well who cares who won the World Series and Conrad's like it's like the biggest sport in America and he doesn't effing know who won the World Series he's like it happened a month before the interview well it wasn't the Astros well I guess this year it was but. Yeah, <laughs> I I honestly hope Vince is enjoying his millions or billions or whatever in his retirement and, you know, taking one of his five yachts out on a daily basis. Oh, there you go. Uh, but getting to another dire situation here. Those close to the WCW situation are confident that a deal will be put together before the end of the year. Eric Bischoff has been working at it for months and it's fallen apart a few times. But then the but when the WWF deal fell apart, Bischoff got back into the running. He has a non-disclosure clause and can't talk about the negotiations. But word is that Bischoff is extremely confident that a deal will be made this time. Well, a deal deal will be made, just not with you. And the contract will say McMahon. Yeah, right. It's a shame, McMahon. Yeah. Uh, kind of sucks that the last Nitro couldn't include Eric Bischoff, who made the second. The last one did. <laughs> yeah, via phone. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was just it's just sad. It's like when he talked, he said he he really he was gonna knock, you know uh, bear down and really get to work and work on getting this thing. You know, uh, he knew he wasn't gonna make it profitable anytime soon, but you know, he was gonna at least get it out from under all the crap it had been under for so long. You know, try to get some public interest back into it. And just nope, they pulled the plug on Nitro. Deal is dead. And you talk about Paul Heyman. I mean, for the past five years, this was or no, six years? This was uh Eric Bischoff's baby, pretty much. Yeah, he was, one year he was or like not even a year or half a year he was gone. Yeah. He uh, he made it profitable. The first person since the birth of this damn company that made it profitable. Something to be said for that. The only person to ever take it to Vince McMahon, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if you don't know, he'll tell you. Uh, if the deal does go through, Bischoff's plan is to cut all house shows and only run five tapings per month, four TVs and a pay-per-view. Instead of touring, the plan is to move Nitro to a set location, most likely Las Vegas, and run 52 weeks a year out of the same place, perhaps at the Orleans Hotel, which is an off-strip location that has a 2,000-seat venue and often hosts boxing matches. Pause. Hey, that right would have sucked. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to pause right there and say, what? And then he had the nerve to criticize TNA. Yep. Although... Now, hold on. We don't know if this is true, though. Because remember, yeah. uh, didn't Meltzer say that the first Nitro was going to be taped and be in like an arena and it was never going to be taped. That was the whole point of it. And we always had Mall of America. So, right. Is this true? Yeah. I mean, let's just say it might not be. I honestly have no idea. But assuming that it's true, I will say uh, his some of the criticisms he had of TNA were a little valid because 2000 seats are a lot better than like 900 seats. And those 2000 might have been paid, by the way, whereas yeah, he's on TNA or from. Yep. That was my other point that, you know, those these people might have actually, you know, paid. So. 
But anyway, uh, no, hold on. Let me be fair though. They got like TNA. I assume got a chunk of money from Universal for having the show there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So I mean, I these mean, people did technically pay, not to go back on the criticisms, but they did in a way. It just was part of a package deal. Like right now, right. you pay for the WWE Network, but no, you don't. You pay for Peacock, but you are paying for the network. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, that, I think that's actually a better deal. I was happy about that because uh, I like Peacock. Either way, uh, the idea is to attract tourists, but being off the strip would make that difficult and getting people to spend one of their vacation nights going to see a re- uh, going to see wrestling, especially if the WCW product is as dead as it is now, is going to be a hard sell. It's it was not definitely wrong. not going to happen right away, dude. Nah. It had that stench on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment competition in Vegas on any given night. Bischoff has also yeah. talked. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, a dying wrestling company or boobs? Uh, that's that's. I don't forget tough. the magicians with a tiger. That's, that's pretty cool. And Wayne Newton at the time, I'm assuming he was still hot. Yeah, man, I didn't know if he was going to do Moon River, and then bam, there it was. <laughs> if anybody yeah. can tell me what that line is from? Well, you know, send it, send it in a uh, DM. But Bischoff has also talked about reinventing wrestling and putting together a show somewhat like Battle Dome, where they take people with a good look, a look, bro, and train them to be wrestling stars. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that worked great with guys like Brockus. And I mean, there's other ones, I'm sure, but he's the main offender, at least around this. (laughs) Yeah, right. I've never heard of this. Sounds almost like tough enough. Uh, But like what? First of all, what is Battle Dome? Do you know? I've heard of it. Uh, I'm going to assume it's something like the... Uh, Gladiators, Ameri- maybe? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like American Gladiators, something, whatever. Uh, Battle Dome. Let's it see. sounds like it's a horrible on, Dusty Rhodes gimmick match. It's on Wikipedia. Uh, it's a syndicated American television to blah, 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 blah. It only ran for two years, so, you know, obviously it was super hot. Uh, it combined elements of American Gladiators... Okay. Uh, Inspired athletic competition with scripted antics more reminiscent of professional wrestling. And uh, the athletes... Sounds like garbage. The character athletes were known as warriors. Damn it, pal. They're warriors. Okay. Oh, my gosh. They have the names of them. One of them was named Bubba King. Hell yes. I know tell us, my guy. I, I, I have a friend that could be his nickname, but and he would probably take that as a compliment. But holy crap. Uh, <laughs> some of these names are not very good. Oh, you know, some of them are super uh you know original, like DOA and Payne with a Y and T Money. <laughs> oh, T Money is Terry Cruz. Is it really who it is? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, uh, clearly he did better. Yeah, right. Uh, God, I just. I, I don't he know makes more on one week of America's Got Talent than he would have in this whole thing. Yeah, right. Make, make your chest bounce. Now, you say that to a dude, it's okay. You say that to a woman, you get smacked and you might get arrested. All right. I mean, they're <laughs> not going to do it anyway. And Terry Crews will probably do it. So. Yeah, right. And he'll smile about it. Be like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. Well, when you smile, you look like that. Hell freaking yeah, man. Uh, 
Bobby Heenan is done with. That looks like a, freaking, uh, like a Greek god, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement, dude. He, a shit freaking... to say he makes me a little gay, but I'm okay. <laughs> Look, I don't, I never had them tendencies, but if I did, you'd be the one. <laughs> I don't know, man, but to me, he'll always be cheeseburger Eddie. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, easily. And then Chris Rock's dad on. Um, uh, what's that the Chris Rock Every, show? Everybody hates Chris. Yeah, everybody hates Chris. Yeah, those two things. But make, I watch AGT, so I know him as that now. But yeah, we got the shakes that'll make you quake, the <laughs> fries that'll make you cross your eyes, and the burgers that'll. Man, we just got burgers. <laughs> that was the most ripped uh, robot dance I've ever seen in my life. By the way, right? You always must protect the McNuggets. <laughs> he it's was a true great, statement, dude. by the way. Yeah, that, that very much is. Uh, whether you're talking figuratively or literally. Right. Uh, Bobby Heenan is done with WCW, and it doesn't appear that the WWF has any interest. And really, where else is he realistically going to go if not either of those? Retirement? That sucks. Yeah. I know. He would make an appearance at WrestleMania 17. Uh, yeah, and wasn't he backstage at uh, 20? Yeah, yeah, he it was. was 20. Yeah. yeah, it was a couple he did came most for, but yeah. And he went in the Hall uh, of it's Fame. It's sad because WrestleMania 17 is his last appearance before he had all those problems. So it's like that was the last yeah. time I really saw him healthy. I know. I mean, if you did ask that, I, did, I didn't see it, but it's right, hard, yeah. it hard to watch. I know. It blows. He was so great. And uh, yeah, Corey Graves now, he's right there with him, so we're good. It's not quite Bobby Heenan, but man, he's pretty damn good. Yes, people stab you for making that comparison, but <laughs> yeah. I said people on commentary that's clearly reminiscent of Bobby Heenan. So people, I, I know Twitter is not real, real life. All right, but man, people online effing hate Corey Graves. I, I'm like, what do they do? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I hate him because of who he's married to, but that's you know, that's not anything to do with his commentary. I remember one time when. Bob, I don't know, Michael Cole accidentally called Pat McAfee uh, Corey Graves. Oh, sorry about that, Pat. He goes, well, it's okay. I think if I was Corey Graves, I'd be the luckiest SOB on the planet. So it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Him or that uh, Ryan Cabrera. Uh, one of them. For anybody that doesn't know, he's married. He's at, I guess at one point he was a pop star, but he's married to Alexa Bliss. Hey, it's a pop star? I thought he was like a skateboard star or something like that or... Nah, he was like uh, he was a no nah, like singer at one point. I don't like uh, thinking of uh, yeah, there's a there's a a, a skateboarder who I, I'm not gonna tell you what the hell his name is, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So the okay. name is similar. You're not crazy, but all right, cool. Well, yeah, I mean not had this. A, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. You gotta, I'll say this. I'm like, dude. Where, how are you around where you could have met Alexa Bliss? Because, like, the last hit that I know of that he had came out in, like, 20, 2008, I think. So they played the crap out of him on the radio in the mid-2000s, and then he disappeared. He's gone forever, bro. Now he's married to possibly the hottest woman on the planet. But regardless, despite all the comments he's made, Vampiro is still employed by WCW, and he may even be brought back. He's yeah, uh, about that. Yeah, uh, there's mega heat on him for some of the stuff he said about the company lately. But WCW wait, wait. Oh, heat yeah. on Vampiro. You lied. I, yeah, I I call you a liar. Sir. How 
dare you insult my intelligence? Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. You better watch your mouth. Exactly. All right, go ahead. Oh, my God. But anyway. Uh, but WCW also realizes the poten- that uh, the potential legal issue that might be in since uh, it's well known that he suffered a concussion at Halloween Havoc and then was pressured to wrestle again on Nitro the next night, where he suffered another concussion despite telling them beforehand that he was already injured. Apparently, WCW was afraid of a lawsuit, and there's talks of keeping Vampiro on the payroll while he's injured in hopes of avoiding that. Well, I hope he made his money. And then he, he sounds like nothing. Back. I mean, I'm not there. I'm not going to play fanboy. Oh, this is what I say. I heard. But he sounds like a real pain in the ass. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything great about working with that man. I'll say him and, uh, I mean, I've heard people say he's a kind of cool dude, but he's also a BS artist. But why do you think him and Conan hated each other for years, man? (laughs) It's like both of them were hard as hell to work with. And they drew mucho dinero down in uh, Mexico. There's that. Yeah, I, the, the podcast and all podcasts would be those two and Austin Aries. Who's the biggest Richard of all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Frickin' Austin Aries. And I was a huge fan of his man, but man, I still he's... am. I, you know, I have nothing to do with his personality, but yeah, right. I still think he's great, but yeah, he's a total dick. I heard <laughs> a giant, gigantic a-hole. But, uh, anyway, Ric Flair, who is cur- <laughs> this story made this story popped me. I'm sorry. Uh, Rick Flair, who's currently the on-screen CEO of WCW, has been repeatedly forgetting things during his live interviews that he's supposed to say. <laughs> These are things this is like 2000, announcing. by the way. So, yeah, he's not uh, crazy old Rick yet. Well, ish. These are things like announcing matches and stipulations and whatnot. So they've started a gimmick where they gave Tony Schiavone an envelope with all the stuff that Flair is supposed to say. And then if or when he forgets something, they just have Shivani claim that the envelope was sent by Flair and contains information that Flair wants him to announce. I remember this. But really, it's just a way to cover for Flair because he's completely unreliable in the authority role. Today's years old. Wow. (laughs) Holy crap. That's that's right up there with uh, Michael Cole reading from the anonymous raw GM. (sighs) Yeah. This just, wow. Uh, apparently it was because, like, when Ric Flair gets in promo mode, he just, you know, he's, he's woo, woo, and silent and profile and jet fly and kiss the other. Oh, by the way, uh, are you, aren't we going to have some matches tonight? I forget. You think the CEO would know this? <laughs> right. What the hell do I know? Woo! I think it's what everybody in that company was saying at that time, but moving on. Catch the, get this one, man. That's what all the fans are saying, too, but. <laughs> uh, the referee who officiated the Dennis Rodman Kurt Hennig match in Australia, today years old when I heard about this, is threatening to file a lawsuit against Rodman, claiming that he suffered emotional grief, humiliation, and embarrassment during an impromptu spot in the match where Rodman threw the referee out of the ring. Apparently, he wasn't aware that it was going to happen, and although he wasn't hurt, he wants to sue over it for emotional distress. Okay, so put what are the, on your big boy pants and shut the f up. What are those charges again? Can you read those again? Uh, he's or what he's alleging. For, he he wants to sue for emotional grief, uh, humiliation, 
an embarrassment. So I can I can safely assume this man is not married. Okay, wow. <laughs> um, how's any of that possible? A freaking wrestling match? Because well, he got thrown out of the ring and it hurt his little feel feels, Greg. You, you know and how he, that works. I would buy it more if he said it like physically hurt him. Yeah, well, no, it hurt his feelings because he, he got embarrassed by getting thrown out of the ring. How that embarrassed when oh every God. single referee since the dawn of wrestling time has been thrown out of the ring. Uh, how that embarrassed him? I don't know. You know what's more embarrassing? You know this what I think is more-, more embarrassing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I think is more embarrassing for a referee than getting thrown out of the ring? Like, good lord, who, I, was it Chad Patton who was the freaking or one of them? I don't know. It was a referee for the uh, WrestleMania 17 match between Undertaker and Triple H. Where he was like, he got hit with Blue like Okay, so Mike Kyoto got hit with like something innocuous, and he was like effing dead. And then Undertaker dropped an elbow on him, and he was dead again. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell, man? Like, <sighs> I think he's like got something medically wrong with him, and you need to check on him. But you know, but no, this guy got thrown out of the ring, and apparently that caused emotional distress. He just wants to get money out of Rodman. So you're in there in a wrestling match though with Dennis Rodman. Say what you will about the guy, but he's mega famous. Yeah, right. It's I, dude. If Dennis Rodman wanted like to humiliate you, he would. He would think of a better way. Right. Like everything you just described is something that happens in a regular match. Right. Uh, this one I am not shocked about. By the way, I, I don't. Know, I don't know why, but I want to see that match now. Not for yeah, that. Right. I mean, for that, but really, I'm gonna see how good Kurt Henning really was. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sportscasters Dick Enberg, who I've never heard of, and Bob Costas both turned down offers to call XFL games. Of course, Costas has been very critical of the WWF in the past. Yeah, Dick Enberg. Uh, do you know who the hell he? Is? Apparently, apparently, he was an NBC Hopefully. commentator. Uh, Bob Co- Bob Costas is, so that's the safe bet, I guess. Maybe yeah. he was his baseball announcing partner. Well, dude, he was freaking hella old. Good lord. Let me see. He he. I I'll say this now. He passed away in 2017. Uh, he was you're not 80. talking about okay. You're not talking about Costas because he still like he's 12 years old. There's no way he's hella old. Oh yeah, no yeah no Costas. <laughs> I, I know who Costas is. That fool uh, never look more than like 15 years old. <laughs> Uh, Dick Enberg was 82 years old when he passed away in 2017. So, uh, 82 minus 17, like still, 65? yeah. So he's uh, pretty damn old, man. Al Michaels is up there in age. He's still the best ever. Yeah. Apparently, Enberg was well known for his signature on-air catchphrases: "Touch them all for home runs." Oh, and, touch them all! You'll never get another. Yeah, the other World and, Series in 1992, that famous one. Okay, I know his and, voice. And apparently when an exciting play would happen, he'd go, oh my. So he's the originator. So now, oh we know where Michael, now we know where Michael Cole gets it. And Vince McMahon. If anybody goes back and listens to old Vince McMahon, he does that too. Oh my. What a maneuver. Shut the F up, Vince. Was CM Punk mocked that on live TV to him on the... <laughs> on the, on the he, grabbed, he said what a maneuver. Kings. Yeah, he grabbed King's... Uh, headset during the middle of the match and yelled what a maneuver that's awesome <laughs> i forgot about that there's clips of it on youtube just that yeah he uh, grabs the i i didn't it didn't dawn on me for like a long time like why he did that and oh because vince can hear him clearly 
Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, and Michael Cole yells the same crap. So yeah. Right. Probably crapping on them both. Uh, now we get into the lamestream media here. The New York Post ran a big story featuring a lot of quotes from Bret Hart, others in the Hart oh, family. Oh, good God. And WWF officials. Brett actually praised Vince McMahon for cleaning up the company after the steroid era of the 80s. Ellie Neidhart, who is Natalia's mother, uh, lashed out at Brett, saying that uh, he is still holds a grudge against the WWF over the Montreal screw job. Well, yeah. Uh, WWF. I lawyer, think that's fair. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's only been three years and he did get screwed over. <laughs> so, I mean, Yeah. Anyway, uh, WWF lawyer Jerry McDivitt agreed, saying that the rest of the Hart family is happy that the Owen lawsuit is settled, but Brett is still angry because he likes being at war with the WWF. Okay, first of all, the rest of the Hart family is happy with it. Um, pretty sure Owen's like actual family was not happy with it. So he's lying. And second of all, oh, well, they're happy with it. Why don't you just shut the F up? I know you. I know your brother died, but who cares? Like, move on. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like, dude, I, that's that's two pretty big hits. Like, first the Montreal screw job, and then a couple years later, his brother dies in that company. Like, I'd probably do the math, have some, dude. Do the math. It wasn't even a couple of years later. It was about a year and a half. About yeah, about a year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think I'd have some sour grapes too. Oh, well, we paid them, and they shut the hell up. Why don't you do it? Keep in mind, he's uh, fresh off that concussion, too. So he's like, also bitter about that. But again, I, I don't f- fully blame him for it. But, dude, he's I still... I blame him, too, but I do think some people need to let the past go. I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, man, you're going to live your whole life with this? I know. He's still giving interview. He, he did say in a recent interview, he said, I wish I never would have left the WWF. Then I would have never had to wrestle Goldberg, and I never would have got my head kicked in. It's like... Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. You can't deny that. It's true. It is true. But were you really happy in the WWF? Because it sounds like you and Sean were just bit fighting every damn week. So, I don't I know. I think what a lot of like hardcore Bret Hart fans refuse to acknowledge is the fact that he took the payout. At the end of the day, he took the payout. That's why he left. And I'm not saying yep. I wouldn't. Hell yes, I would have. Yeah, right. He said. <laughs> yep. WCW should have used him better. It was a freak accident, a freak botch with, with Goldberg. He never injured anybody else with that damn kick. So, I don't know. Crap happens, I man. know it sounds like we're defending because we like Goldberg. I'm not sitting here saying, well, we deserve I'm saying was, I'm not saying it was okay. Stuff happens, man. And you, you don't see a laundry list of people injured by Goldberg other than himself. You know, like, I think he's yeah, injured that. himself more than he's injured anybody else. Obviously, that's, the, that's now in the archives on the last show, by the way. Go back and listen to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we talked about this as well, and I'm not comparing him to Samoa Joe. But like we talked about the muscle buster, he's only ever injured like one person with it. And it just uh, so happened just, to be coincidentally who yeah, it was. A hard uh, family member. Yeah. Like, yikes. But and yes, it was a horrible injury. Same with Brett. So it's like, man, like it's awful. But it's like it's a one time thing. It's a freak accident. Risky take, dude, when you do this. Yep. That's not, uh, you know, not to use a cliche, but it's not ballet. Oh, they learn how to fall. Yeah. 
it's still my favorite. Uh, yeah, right. But speaking of mainstream news articles, the Wall Street Journal published a big story about the WWF PTC lawsuit. People don't know that's the Parent Teacher Council, I think, conference, whatever. That's what the article is for that, based on. Is this that kid that uh, hurt his sister because no, of that? It's just, no, they're just uh, trying to basically get him pulled off the air for vulgarity. But they had they lodged like 5,000 complaints against the WWF through the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, it was always something. That's why they made the RTC to troll them, for trolling was really a thing. But uh, then the Wall Street Journal was extremely critical of the WWF side. Shocker. The lawsuit argued that WWF is hiding behind the First Amendment while trying to prevent the PTC from having the same right. Quote, in short, the WWF is arguing that the First Amendment that gives them the right to air this trash somehow ought to not apply to those who find it offensive, end quote. I don't think they were telling you to quit complaining about it. I think they were telling you to leave them the F alone. It was kind of the thing. It was just like, dude, leave us the hell alone. We know you don't like the product. Sorry. Oh, you need to hear. Yeah, right. Well, that's what we have Twitter for now, but this was 2000, so they didn't they didn't even have MySpace to bitch on at that time. <laughs> Survivor Series did a 1.0 buy rate, which is among the lowest of the year. And Uncle Dave doesn't see the next pay-per-view setting the world on fire either. Uh, it either means that, that means it's Austin, gonna be good. <laughs> it either means that the Austin Triple H car angle wasn't as big of a draw as they'd hoped, or the popularity of wrestling in general seems to be declining from its peak. For those that don't know what he's talking about, Austin, we talked about this on our bonus show from like two months ago. Austin lifted like he had a forklift. He lifted Triple H up in a car and then tipped it over and dropped him on like dropped the car on its top, ostensibly trying to kill Triple H. Bro, he's going to murder him on TV, bro. Bro, on live pay-per-view, he's going to crush him in a car. He's going to be gone forever, bro. He's going to be coming. He's going to come back in like two weeks with just a limp. He'll be okay. Oh, my God. Every time. Yeah, every time this happened. Now, hold on. Hold on. Let's let's calm down. This wasn't Russo. No, but I'm just saying every every damn time, like he would do attempted murder on Triple H and it was like a freaking Looney Tunes cartoon. He'd come back like two weeks later with like a limp or a bruise and he's okay. Keeping with that subject, though, <laughs> I thought it like that. Uh, tickets for WrestleMania 17 have topped 52,000, and the gate is now over three million dollars, making it the first U.S. wrestling show to ever top the three million dollar mark. WWF's all-time gate record is 3.45 million for WrestleMania 6 in Toronto, and this one will probably fall just short of that. I didn't look up to see if it did or not, but oh, the archives. Yeah, Yes, uh, WrestleMania 17, we covered it this past year. Uh, I like how the previous story is Dave's like, well, SummerSlam got a crap buy rate. So, you know, it, the wrestling business is kind of tanking at this point. Next story, uh, WrestleMania has record-breaking sales. And let me correct something, because I know you're going to get anal compulsive in the uh, editing. Survivor yeah. Series, not SummerSlam. Ah, yeah, right, Survivor Series. <laughs> He's oh, like the... Uh, uh, it's actually kind of respectable, that. but at the same time, it's not that big of a deal. That is correct. 
So there you go. Uh, something that was not setting the world of the woods on fire for WWF, though. They held another UK-only pay-per-view called Rebellion in Sheffield, England. Nothing much to note about the show. William Regal got a huge face reaction. I know I'm shocked. Uh, but then cut a promo trying to turn himself heel, which only kind of worked, and mostly just killed his heat entirely. Dude, nobody's going to boo William Regal over there, man. It's just oh, not going to happen. He's practically a god, dude. It's like, you know, say what we will about the guy. It's like CM Punk in Chicago. I'm not going to boo him. Sorry. Or a uh, better shot monkey's flying out of your butt. <laughs> wow. Or, uh, or you know, like... I gotta go uh, reference in there. But... Yeah, right. Or, you know, like uh, Terry Bradshaw coming to Pittsburgh or something. Like, you know, they're just... He walks on water there. Either way, uh, Eric Angle, you know, the angle we all know and love, will be starting soon in Ohio Valley Wrestling. WWF, meanwhile, has released Tracy Smothers, Headbanger Thrasher, and Bobcat, uh, all of whom worked in Memphis. The hell is Bobcat? And why is there one Headbanger released? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we got to keep Mosh, man. <laughs> wait, gotta... wait, wait, wait. They, they released Thrasher. So that's why he becomes... Uh, he joins up with uh, what's his name, uh, Tiger Ali Singh. Yes, That's so he right. gets yeah. the headbang. He gets a uh, headbanger and a black guy, and puts turbans on them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was what was his name? Uh, Chaz. That was it. Yeah, yeah. He was he was in I, one of the SmackDown games as Chaz. I want to say SmackDown two, probably. And know your role or whatever the hell. But, yeah, I have no idea who the hell Bobcat is. Unless it's Bobcat Goldweight, then, I mean, this is kind of a huge loss for the WWF. But, regardless. Sure. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, K-Quick and OVW wrestler Leviathan have signed multi-year deals. Ooh, I wonder where that's going to go. Probably nowhere. Well, that's going to work out for one of the two guys. So, half of that is uh, going well. Uh, for those that don't know, K-Quick, as we mentioned, is Ron Killings, R-Truth, whatever. He he doesn't stick around much longer after this, I don't think. And then uh, Leviathan... He goes, on, he goes on and makes some decent history, though. I mean, we've talked about the beginning of the show, so just that. Yeah, right. And uh, then Leviathan is Batista. So, yeah. Went on to uh, Megastar. So, yeah. <laughs> And rumor has it, he's uh, lobbying really hard to be uh, Marcus Phoenix in the upcoming live-action Gears of War movie. And why the hell shouldn't he? He's also I in mean, Gears of War 5, too, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, uh, if The Rock can lobby hard enough to get the role of Black Adam, by God, Batista okay, can be Marcus okay. Phoenix. Okay, whoa, 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 slow down. He's not quite The Rock. I know, but he's been in Marvel. He's had He's got some pull at this point. I'd say. But he's not The Rock. The but Rock no, is finally rebooting DCU, so. Oh, thank God. Him and James Gunn, with the with the power of non-suckage combined, we will reboot this damn thing. On oh, you, you gotta bring in Jason Momoa, Henry Cavill, and uh, one of the hottest women on Earth, uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah. One of them? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I put her in my fave five, but. I put my, my fave one. <laughs> uh but yeah so hey that i'm i'm here's to hoping man because james gunn did some awesome stuff with uh 
with the Suicide Squad and uh, Peacemaker. So let's get it going, man. Uh, I, I mean, the first best thing he did in Suicide Squad was getting Pete Davidson's character's head blown off. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> What does everyone hate him for? I, I, I'm indifferent. Why does everyone hate him? What did he do? I just think he's a douche. But And he looks like a wet cigarette like made into human form. Okay. Like I said, I'm really uh, indifferent. I have no opinion on the guy. But. Plus the fact that he looks like that. He acts like he does. And yet he has bagged some of the hottest women on the planet. <laughs> like in succession. <laughs> You know how they say they can't all be first round picks? Not with Pete Davidson. They are all well, maybe, first round picks. Maybe what you're not seeing is he's a first round pick. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say he's a hey, my that's I've had this discussion with my wife, and she's like, he's he's clearly gifted in areas that we cannot see on screen. Like, yeah, it's I said he's tucking it into his sock clearly. <laughs> that's that, that's the only explanation I have for him. And also, he's really funny. Yeah, that's... I, I, I mean, sure. <laughs> anyway. Uh, somebody else who... Uh, well, this, this is the second... This is odd. This is the second member of the clique we're going to talk about in the news segment that is having legal issues, but this one is less depressing. X-Pac pleaded no contest to a disorderly conduct charge stemming from an incident last year. According to... Hold on, because it, it gets better. It's, I'm, I'm going to say, dude, nobody gives this. a damn about disorderly conduct. Well, according to reports, X-Pac and his family were getting off a ride at a water park when a fan approached him and asked for an autograph. X-Pac evidently uh, ignored him, and the person slapped X-Pac on the chest and reportedly said, you think you're too good for me because you're making the big money? At which point, X-Pac then allegedly punched the person in the face. Oh, uh, he then had to pay a $178 fine. Okay, so let me understand this. This guy hits him first, he strikes back, and he gets fined. What the hell state was this in? California? Please tell me California. Please it make my day. Say. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't say. But you know what? So he got fined Perfect. for defending himself, essentially. I'm hoping the other guy got charged. So, I don't know. Why don't you charge one, not the other, or just not charge either one of them and let it go? So I guarantee you the other guy probably didn't. Yeah, I was going to say they might have charged them both, and then X-Pac got his charges dropped because the other guy was a huge douche. Like I said, totally worth it. I would have socked the guy, too. Also, I'm going to stick by what I said. Nobody gives a damn about disorderly conduct. <laughs> You're right. Uh, last All the crap people say about wrestlers doing stuff, disorderly conduct, really? I'm going to scratch the top of 100. Right. <laughs> Uh, last story I got here, Bruno San Martino will be honored in his hometown of, I, I, look, I'm a quarter Italian, but I'm going to butcher this, Pisa Ferrato uh, in Italy. Uh, okay, I'm good. Sure. I was getting ready to yell F the Steelers, but you didn't say Pittsburgh. Okay, we're, we're good. Go on. No, it is actual hometown of Italy, in Italy. Um, Pisa Ferrato. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Somebody uh, you, can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, the house he grew up in will be marked as a historical landmark, and a statue of him will be erected in front of it. They're also naming... He said local... erected. Sorry. God. Use the button if you put on Paramount Plus. Everyone should watch it. Uh, they are also naming a local sports arena after San Martino. <laughs> Good Lord, he really is a hero. 
Dude, the dude had a private session with the Pope. That should tell you right. everything you know about him. I think you don't his... just get private, uh, private audiences with the Pope. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> you gotta be super special. Right. His, I know that his mother fled. I can't remember if it was Nazi Germany or if it was the I Soviet like it Union. Was Nazi Germany. I feel like it was Nazi Germany. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it was either that or Soviet Russia. Um, and she fled there and fled persecution to come to Italy, I guess. And uh, it's fine there. Yeah, well, you know, wait till uh, Mussolini takes over. But regardless. Yeah, so. Benito Mussolini, the douche. Yeah. Oh, I mean that in a different way. Where there was. Okay, let's go. <laughs> My grandmother was third in line to smack Mussolini when he was hanging, all right? So she's a tough old prod. Just uh, smack? Yeah. Took a ball bat or something with the asshole. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm not as learned on my history of Mussolini. I just know he's a bad dude. So He's a really bad man, yes. <laughs> also, this uh, is the second time this month now I think we've mentioned something about evil dictators. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that uh, that just kind of proves, you know, the same Mar- the whole San Martino family was uh, true grit, man. They were they were tough. Literal but, royalty. Probably have right. more royalty power than that fake royalty thing over. Never mind. We'll cut that. We'll throw that out. I don't want to Lord. offend anybody. We've already true pissed off the. Family, we've already pissed off the British enough. So. But all right, man, we are going to take our next break. We're finally out of the news segment. We're actually going to get into the event at hand. Yeah, we're actually covering a, a, a show here today. I, I, I know. Uh, 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 yeah, a, a show. Right. But we'll get to it right after this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. I'm actually excited to talk about this one today. It's WWF Armageddon 2000. The date was December 10th, 2000. So as of the dropping of this, we're only four days removed from that day in history. Tagline. Maybe Lord, some fake photography coming for it. Maybe. Gotta see what I can do. Yeah, Greg is Greg is uh heating his stuff up, man. So uh follow him on at main event collector on Instagram. You'll see all the photos there. Uh the tagline hey. is Oh yeah, give give it a shout out. Uh, the tagline is Lord, I'm coming home to you. Okay. Kind of uh kind of lazy, but awesome song, so I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. Well, and in the main event, it's hell in a cell. So, uh, okay. I also uh, got to say real quick, it's not on the network, but uh, Jim Johnston did some kind of remix of Sweet Home Alabama that's just so badass, but it was never released anywhere. Ah, it uh, it's on YouTube, like a clip of it. But of course, they play Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> it's, it's a remix of it, like a rock, like a hard rock out remix. And it's so badass, yeah. but they never released nice. it. Well, the venue, speaking of that, is the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center in Birmingham, Alabama. The attendance was 14,900. Good Lord. The attendance was 14,920. And the pay-per-view buy rates were 465,000 buys. So I think they're doing okay. It's a fail, though, uh, huh? Oh, well, yeah. And this this isn't setting the woods on fire, Greg. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
This everything else, everything else about the fold, I mean, he's riding high, but this is not good. Got it. Yeah, right. Yeah, got, exactly. got it. This was the first WWF pay-per-view in over a year that didn't sell out. So there's that. But they gave out free tickets to anyone who bought season tickets for the Birmingham Bolts XFL team. And they papered the rest. But so like two people. Uh, so the building was still pretty much full, even if 3,000 of them were freebies. 3,000 season tickets? Like, yeah, what? That's impressive. How? The XFL sucked and tanked quick. Oh, no, hold on. They didn't know that, though. Yeah, but like. We're going to do We're going to inside and scene, to be fair. So. 3,000 people were excited enough to buy season tickets. I mean, I guess if you're in Alabama. You know, if it's if it's football, you're you're buying into it. But, you know, whatever. Uh, they don't have a pro team, obviously. So we're showing a video from Sunday Night Heat where Mick Foley promises that if anyone is seriously injured in the main event, Hell in a Cell match, he will resign as WWF commissioner. A black limousine now pulls in and the Stooges, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, open the door for Vince McMahon. Vince is walking with a cane. It's, uh, it's Mr. McMahon. Oh, of course. Uh, why is Vince walking with a cane again? I don't remember. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, I, I think I think was this when Austin Rock and Undertaker all came to the ring one night and all hit him with their finisher after like after, one after another. Maybe you like this was the one. Uh, when the Stooges say that Foley has the Hell in a Cell hanging above the ring, Vince says maybe not for long and hobbles off. Uh, we now get. Team Extreme of Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and Lita versus the Radicals of Perry Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, and Dean Malenko with Terry Reynolds in their corner in an intergender elimination tag team match. Okay. Uh, This goes just over eight minutes. I'm wondering if Eddie is injured because he's wearing a singlet top. Uh, I didn't think about that, but... Yeah, he doesn't usually wear that. And then after getting a twist of fate from Lita, a swanton bomb from Jeff, Eddie is the first eliminated pretty quickly, actually, feeding into my thoughts that maybe he is injured. Uh, Perry Saturn catches Jeff Hardy out of midair and hits a Death Valley driver. That was actually pretty cool. And he pins him to eliminate him next. Matt ends up hitting a twist of fate on Saturn and eliminates him. Terry Runnels gets in and slaps Matt, leading to Lita tackling her. Dean Malenko shoves Matt into Lita, knocking her out of the ring. He schoolboys Matt and eliminates him. It's now down to Lita and Dean. Lita is on top for a while, but once Dean gets the upper hand, he dominates her. He keeps breaking up pin after pin. Wow. until Could have worked all that a little bit better, but go on. Everybody get your minds out of the gutter. Uh, but Dean keeps breaking up pin after pin until he finally locks in the Texas Cloverleaf and makes her tap out. He even holds on to it after the bell rings. And Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I actually gave it three stars. I kind of like this match. What say you? I too gave it three. I loved it. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, I thought it, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be uh, because I don't usually like the intergender kind of matches, but they made it work. And yeah, uh, more than I can say about what's coming up here in a minute, but we'll get to that. By the way, was it just me or did you think the Hell in a Cell was a little too low during this match? Uh, I didn't really notice, but I, I thought it was like check that out. too close to the ring. <laughs> I have to go back and check that out. Uh, after the match, 
Dean tosses Lita out of the ring and poses until Jeff Hardy runs back in and chases him off while Matt Hardy checks on Lita. Michael Cole Dean tells must pose. Exactly. Michael Cole tells Lita that she put forth a great effort and she came close to winning. Lita says that she knows she can beat Dean before they walk off. So we're gonna get we're gonna get more of this. Yep. Ah, fun. Now Lillian Garcia approaches Kurt Angle doing squats backstage and says that people say tonight's match could be a make or break for Kurt's career. Kurt insults her and talks about all who he's beaten to become an Olympic gold medalist. He says that he shouldn't be put in such a dangerous match in front of a bunch of inbred hicks in Alabama. Ah, man. He then insults Mick Foley. Stuff that won't be said on TV in 2022, by the way. Uh, no. He then insults Mick Foley and says that he's going to win tonight, take a shower, down some 99% fat-free milk, and fly the hell out of there. Why he had to let us know that he was going to down a glass of milk, I have no idea, but there you go. Well, at least he drinks the good stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, but before the next match, William Regal grabs a microphone in the ring and says that while Alabama will cheer for their hometown hero of Hardcore Holly, he's the only one who really cares about them. He then goes on to give the audience hygiene tips before Hardcore Holly's music hits and interrupts him. And now we've got William Regal defending the prestigious, coveted WWF European title against Hardcore Holly. In five minutes. I, I just want to say real quick, I sense some sarcasm in there. I don't understand it, but. Oh, not at all. No. Near the end, the ref is distracted with William Regal when Raven runs in, hits the even flow DDT on Hardcore Holly, and Regal pins Holly to win. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. I gave it one. The whole thing sucked. And yep, it actually fits here. <laughs> <laughs> right. This was not good. But in the parking lot, Kevin Kelly interviews Rikishi and says that since Kurt Angle broke his alliance with Rikishi on SmackDown, he wants to know if he's worried that Triple H will turn on him now. Rikishi says that he doesn't give a damn because anyone who stands between him and the WWF title will find out exactly what Rikishi is willing to sacrifice, which is every one of them. He's also not worried because in a few years, his sons would come in and dominate the tag division. Anyway. Be the greatest uh, ever lived. I I cannot agree, but I'll, I'll put them as my number two. But where where's sure, FTR? Yeah. Where's FTR on your list? Four or five. Four or five? Who the hell is above them? That's a whole different podcast, dude. Oh man, I uh, I I I can't even name four or five teams. <laughs> the Dudleys are right above them. LODs above them. The Steiner Brothers are above them. Well, the Rock and uh, Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Well, Let's just okay. go. Well, okay. If you're talking about all time, okay. Yeah. Well, if, if, if clearly what I said was all time. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, then FTR and Usos aren't even in my top five. Then me, right? No, the Usos uh, are the best that ever lived, easily. I, easily. I put L- At this point, I put, <laughs> I put LOD is number one. Midnight Express maybe number two. Demolition three. But then again, those are my favorites. So I don't know. I know Demolition only had a couple of, I think they only had a couple of runs with the tag titles, didn't they? And they were yeah, long, a historic but... one that the Usos have since now broken. And I uh, got to put the New Day in that conversation. Any combo of them, I guess. But, but anyway, up next, something that was not vying for a top spot. 
was China versus Val Venus with How Ivory. How dare you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> this was a masterpiece. You said it with such sincerity. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I thought he was going, but did he not change his name to Sean Morley until he was with Bischoff? Oh, yeah, that's, that's 2003. Dude. You're way off, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember still, when he made. We the still switch. got the uh, we still got the big Valbos to go. Like he oh, literally Lord. becomes the yeah. So you completely skipped over one before that. <laughs> yeah, Lord, because that was cool. But this goes for about five minutes again with the sarcasm. It's starting to tick me off today, dude. Uh, China brings out a gigantic <laughs> pyro gun that she shoots all over the crowd. Man, she she's the one pulling the gun out and shooting it all over people. Anyway, uh, not Valvius. Okay. Yeah, right. By the way, there's a lot of people who are mad that none from Mattel figures came with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. But I'm not losing sleep over it. But I'm just... In the end, Ivory distracts China, and China chases her around the ring. And she slides back in. Val catches China and nails a bridging German, or sorry, a bridging fisherman suplex <laughs> for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. <laughs> I was feeling generous. I gave it a star and a half. Let's see you. Full star. It was worse look, than the last match. Look, uh, I'm not insulting her as a person, but China sucked. Like, I don't think she uh, sucked. I think she just needed the right person to be with. Yeah, I shouldn't say sucked. She wasn't very good. Like, I don't know. Just Val did anything worth watching in this match. China just kind of, I don't know. She did basic stuff. She wasn't great at it. I'm like, Okay, she, even Jim Ross said, he's like, she thought she was on a level higher than what she really was. Well, to be fair, it kind of helped because they kept putting her in main spots all the time. Yeah, right. Uh, You're not wrong. When you're featured heavily on TV, doing all the stuff that she did, you kind of start to feel like you're the big dog. Yep. Well, he said after she broke up with Triple H, uh, a lot of her pull backstage kind of went away so they could kind of tell her, mm, no. He, he said uh, a lot of people, they, Chris Jericho backed it up too. He's like, uh, you know, Triple H uh, protected her a lot backstage because he was well-liked and, and uh, you know, he was one of the top guys at that time. So it's kind of the click thing where they all kind of protected each other. He comes by it honestly. Anyway, after the match, China grabs Ivory by her hair and pulls her into the ring. She attempts a power bomb, but Val saves her and hits a blue thunder bomb on China before the RTC leaves. Backstage, <sighs> Stephanie McMahon comes into Vin- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon comes into Vince McMahon's office, and Vince tells her that tonight is not the time to talk about his divorce with Linda. Stephanie says that she's only there to talk about how worried she is for Triple H in tonight's main event. Vince says that he's going to talk to McFoley about this. We now get pre-recorded comments from The Undertaker standing in the Hell in a Cell with Kevin Kelly. Undertaker says that he still has nightmares about what he's done to other men in that Hell in a Cell. And he oh, talks about God. he talks about the former cell matches that he's had. The cell cage. Yeah. I I thought this was these segments were kind of cool, but I don't know. But Dave did make a point. different on it. Dave made a point. He was like, seems like it's like hype stuff that you should have put on a Raw or SmackDown to hype the pay-per-view. Like, you've already yeah, got their money at this point. Hard to argue that. Yeah. 
uh, Vince McMahon well, comes to the ring now. I'm going to do it with what you just said. They already got their money at this point. So what difference does it make? They can do whatever the hell they want. They already got the money. So it kind of works both ways. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Well, Vince McMahon comes to the ring now with the Stooges. He talks about how he meant everything he said to Linda on SmackDown. He <laughs> wants a divorce, and she was never good enough for him. Good Lord. Uh, he then says... This is going to go on, by the way, for the next six months, seven months, give or take. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he then says that he really does feel concern and fear for the six superstars in the night's main event. He tells everyone that he wants them to be as concerned as he is and asks for silence. Finally, he demands that people stand up and show solidarity with him. After all this, he says that all the blood will not only be on McFoley's hands, but it will be on the consciences of the fans. Okay. I felt so guilty. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, but up next is Kane versus Chris Jericho in a last man standing match. Went 17 minutes, 16 seconds. I didn't know what to expect out of this. Uh, an odd pairing, I'll say. But this one gets jump started on the ramp. A cup of coffee, dude. Yeah. Uh, they end up fighting backstage and even randomly beat up Midian, who is not naked. Oh. I know. We got to see that fanny pack. In the end, yes, they battle. That's what I want to see. <laughs> they battle onto the stage, and Jericho pushes some stacked barrel props onto Kane and stands on them to keep Kane down and win. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half. I'm sorry. He gave it two stars even. I actually gave it three and a half stars. I really like this match. What say you? I said for a last man standing, this is four. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. That was fantastic. Like, not only did I like it, I liked it a whole hell of a lot more than I thought I would. I, I didn't I expect liked much it out of this. A lot. Good Lord. A dumb and dumber. <laughs> I got to We got to get some fresh ones. Dude. I feel like we're wearing thin on the, uh, Barley ones. And not that, that not that he's a bad thing, but change up. Yeah. We can never wear thin on Chris Farley and Adam Sandler. Sure. Uh back to speaking of Dumb and Dumber though, backstage Jonathan Coachman approaches Commissioner Holy Foley's shit. office. <laughs> None of this uh, is planned, folks. This is just <laughs> uh, but he approaches Commissioner Foley's office which is just some stuff set up in the corner of the arena. And he's stopped by Deborah. Deborah informs Coach that Mick is really upset before she walks off. Coach asks Mick Foley if he's having second thoughts about the Hell in a Cell match uh, and after seeing the last man standing match. Foley says that all he's had are second thoughts and he feels responsible for everyone in the match, but it will happen. We now go to WWF New York, which is still a thing where Shawn Michaels is introduced onto the stage. Jim Ross asks Shawn some questions about the Hell in a Cell, and HBK gives his thoughts on the match. And then they wrap it up, and JR compliments his hat. There you go. What does Shawn Michaels know about Hell in a Cell? Yeah, right. Well, you think he was in it? You think he was, like, in the first one or something? Uh, little scapegoat HBK, man. The ladder match, the Iron Man match, the Hell in a Cell. Throw HBK in there. He'll make it good. Hell yeah, and he does every time. Knocks it out of the park. Uh, something that was not knocking things out of the park is this next match. It's right to censors, Bill, uh, Bull Buchanan, and The Good Father. They are defending the WWF tag team titles 
Uh, they have Stevie Rich- Stephen Richards in their corner, by the way. They're against Edge and Christian, K-Quick and Road Dog, and the Dudley Boys of Bubba Ray and Devon. It is a Fatal 4 tag team match. It goes just shy of 10 minutes. This Also, real was- quick, I'm just now realizing almost every match on this car was a multi-man match. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, I uh, didn't piece that together until now. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, but this was just freaking pure chaos. Bull Buchanan ate a 3D, but didn't get pinned. And then the good father took a 3D after that, but also didn't get pinned. Finally, Christian scores with an unprettier on Bully, or excuse me, Bubba Ray, and, and Edge pins him to win. Uncle Dave gave it two and a half stars. I gave it dose. I was not a fan of this. What say you? I gave it two, but man, I was getting bored with it. It was a mess. Uh, this next one isn't anything. And you have to, three uh, like all time routines in there, too, by the way, and this couldn't be better. I know. Well, you throw Bull Buchanan and the Godfather in there, man. It just F's everything up. <laughs> and I like the Godfather, but that's uh, Smoke Train Charles Wright. Get that correct. What? Well, that's his new figure that's coming out from uh, one of the figure companies. They can't use Godfather, obviously. So oh it's Smoke gosh. Train Charles Wright. Wow. Nice. Do you really expect anything different, though? <laughs> no. Smoke train. I like that. Uh, in Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley's locker room, Stephanie expresses concern to Triple H about the Hell in a Cell match. Triple H goes off and says that the WWF title is the most important thing in the world to him. He says he doesn't care what he has to do and who he has to go through. He will become the World Wrestling Federation champion again. And he does many times. But not tonight. Oh, spoiler. Put up next. Real quick, real quick. You know what I realized during this? I wrote this down. What's, what's that? Like, they call her Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, right? Yeah. Because she's married to Triple H. Mm-hmm. But they have since stopped referring to him as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So was the was the McMahon Helmsley really necessary if they're just going to call him Triple H? Well, I mean, it's his name. Yeah, whatever. But they're like, well, it's just easier to go by your nickname. Whatever. I think in hindsight, it would have been better just to keep her a seven big man because it makes it look like more of a prize. Yeah. Well, yeah. now she's just Stephanie McMahon. But <laughs> but up next, uh, what was not a prize was Billy Gunn defending the Intercontinental title against Chris Benoit in about 10 minutes. In the end, after fighting for it for a while, Benoit locks in the Crippler crossface and makes Billy tap out to crown the new champion. Uncle Dave says that this match was bad, with Gunn just totally blown up by the end of it. He says that if you can't have a good match with Benoit, what are you even doing there? He gives it two stars. I give it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. I don't think it was that bad, but I can see his point. And I don't think it was brutal, but yeah. And this was the one uh, Billy Gunn. I also got to point out, I completely forgot he was an Intercontinental Champion. I don't know what that's saying about his run. <laughs> like a lot of people forgot he won the King of the Ring. <laughs> Billy Big Cakes won the King of the Ring. Yes. Not my daddy ass. He's over right. his wildfire now, dude. Yeah, right. He ca- he came out in that tag match at full gear, man, and the crowd hit the like the babies hit the roof, man. <laughs> uh, we go to. Uh, a hotel room's kitchenette with Jim Ross and Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
JR drives home the danger of Hell in a Cell and how Rikishi ran Stone Cold over with a car. We hear Austin talk about how he knows the risks, he can't be trusted, and he's ready to whip some ass. Cool. And then up yeah. next, speaking that car thing, now I'm looking back at it, man, that dragged out. No one gave a damn. This was the <laughs> second. Didn't it end up not being Rikishi? Or, no, it was no, his whole time. Triple H orchestrated it. Yeah. yeah, okay. So so this is the second who done it with Triple H as the culprit. Because yep. two years after this, it's Shawn Michaels. Yep. <sighs> Whatever. Also want to point uh, out, like, like it's the like, Rikishi thing is a like, heel's failing. He's about to become a face pretty soon, like in the next three or four months. Yeah. The okay. heel run ain't working for him, brother. Well, and it made no sense. The whole appeal was like, you know, just the, the giant ass and the dancing and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it was though. But and, it was, like, yeah. And they decided, no, never mind. We're not going to do it anymore. I'm like, Whatever. I'm... For reasons. <laughs> well, and then um, uh, I was thinking of the Triple H thing. There's the other time where him and D- the rest of DX locked Shawn Michaels out of the building and orchestrated it so the Nation of Domination could. Yeah, uh, right. Beat the crap out of Sean and put him through a car there too. It was the corporation, but to be fair, DX was facing oh, okay. this time and they were getting him back. So, ah, that's right. Yeah, so this one was on purpose. purpose, or I mean, it's their own purpose, but this one had a purpose. Yeah. Well, speaking of multi-person matches, up next it is the third match on the card with right to censor in it. It's Ivory defending the women's title in a triple threat match against Molly Holly. And Trish Stratus. All three of these women are Hall of Famers now, by the way. Uh, this goes for a grand total of two minutes and 12 seconds. You look at where we are right now with women's right. wrestling. Women have main evented WrestleMania <laughs> twice. And these women are on screen for a couple of minutes. Yep. And when they say a cup of coffee, it's done. This doesn't even. Doesn't even equal it. Well, and all three of these women are beautiful, but this match was bowling shoe ugly. Uh, this was plain as day that Trish was still like super green here. She was like missing spots and stuff. Like she didn't know where to stand. Or she whatever. wasn't green, man. I don't even think the damn seeds were planted yet to start sprouting. <laughs> green is hair's crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the end, Molly hit Trish with a power bomb. Ivory tossed Molly out of the ring and then pinned Trish to retain her title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this half a star. Say you. One. Well, hey, the afterburst. Worst, worst women's match you've ever seen? Maybe. It's it's up there. Well, hey, man, the afterbirth is what we're all here for, man, because TNA, Test, and Albert now come out to help Molly Holly, or to uh, back Molly Holly down before Crash Holly runs out to help. TNA laugh and go after Crash. But the APA theme hits, and they run out to attack TNA. They eventually send yeah, Test to and a Albert. huge pop on my dad. <laughs> oh, F yeah. <laughs> and they eventually send Test and Albert running for the hills. Ah, oh, man. I could not have given a damn less about that tag team. <laughs> not the APA. I love them. Now we go backstage with Kevin Kelly standing by with The Rock. He says that he'll go through anyone and everyone to become the six-time WWF champion tonight. Uh, he says that he's going to put it all on the line become, and uh, become champion in Hell in a Cell. And now that takes us to our 
second to last break. When we come back, it's the Hell in a Cell match right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go way it. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't spell it with a C We spell it with a K Sorry mate Take it easy Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. It is Kurt Angle defending the WWF World Heavyweight title against Triple H, Rikishi, The Undertaker, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin in a six-man Hell in a Cell match. This goes for 32 minutes and 12 seconds. To me, this is a testament to how top-heavy the WWF was at this time. They had a ton of stars. Six guys in the same match on a non-Big Four pay-per-view. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I am a bit shocked that Roland and Glass Shatters weren't edited off of Peacock or dubbed over. The Glass Shatters was not that shocking because I think they own it. But yeah, the mm-hmm. Limbiscuit ones. Yeah. yeah, that one shocked me. Uh, the crowd blows the damn roof off the arena for The Rock, and then 
right afterwards yet again for Austin, showing that they are the stars. Austin jumps Angle outside of the cell before the bell even rings. JR and King talk about how these guys should have taken out uh, big insurance policies on themselves before the match. And King says, I don't even think Lloyd's of London would touch that. And JR says, sometimes they're pretty stupid. Holy crap. (laughs) Uh, Stone Cold uses the cage wall like a cheese grater against Triple H's face, making him bleed. Uh, I'll make him bleed. (laughs) Uh, Triple H ends up turning on Rikishi and pedigreeing him, breaking their alliance. Who could have foreseen? I was shocked. I know, right? Uh, Triple H honestly takes a big beating from pretty much everyone in this match. Randomly, at one point, Vince McMahon and the Stooges ride in the back of a big-ass truck filled with hay to rip the door off of the cell. Because you always just have a truck of hay in the back, always. Oh, yeah. Well, this was always his plan, Greg. Gosh. Uh, And Vince says they're going to chain up the cell and just tear it down, you know, with men inside of it, because that's safe. But, you know, he's looking out for their, their safety, Greg. But the guy who's putting the chains up kind of looks like Doug Dillinger. It's Maybe it not, was. But, well, I think he's still in WCW at this point. Maybe? Or, hey, if he took a paycheck with WWF, good for him. Uh, Mick Foley now comes out and argues with Vince. Mick then punches the Stooges out and backs down Mr. McMahon until security drags Vince out. The whole while he's shouting, this is my damn show. I own this damn place. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Austin and Triple H fight to the stage that's set up to look like a junkyard of broken down cars. Everyone else follows. Triple H puts Austin face first through a truck window, and that opens him up. The Rock eats a pedigree on a car and starts bleeding. Taker eats uh, eats a chair from Kurt and bleeds. And then Triple H and Stone Cold climb on top of the cell. Kurt's up there next, and Undertaker follows. Taker busts Kurt wide open and uh, gets the timekeeper to throw a chair up to him. <laughs> that was kind of funny. You're, you've, he's uh, graduated from throwing beers. And then he uses I was just, the chair. I was Kurt. just okay, by the way. I mean, it's not illegal. I know, right? Yeah, like, why is he allowed to get involved? Uh, Rikishi climbs up now and uses the chair on Taker. Angle is wearing a crimson mask and climbs down. After a big battle, Undertaker choke slams Rikishi off the cell and into the hay in the back of the truck. He gets to nap it's off real, the rest of the match. It's a real sentence. Yes. <sighs> he just gets to lay there and nap for the rest of the match. He did his spot. Uh, meanwhile, everyone else is back in the cell now, uh, except for the Undertaker. He just kind of hangs out on the cell. Uh, in the end, Kurt eats a rock bottom. Rock takes a stunner. Triple H gets a neck breaker from Stone Cold and Kurt crawls on top of the rock to make the cover for the three, retaining the WWF title. Uncle Dave and I were in sync on this one. Both gave it four and a half stars. What say you? I, too, gave it four. Looking back at it, though, I'm like, why did we need to have the truck and all the fighting on the entranceway and all that? Because somebody's got to take the bump. I think think what Jim Cornette calls it is a hat on a hat. (laughs) Yep. They got to take the bump, Greg. But Kurt Angle half-heartedly celebrates looking completely out of it. He ends up turning around into a Stone Cold stunner, and then Austin collapses as glass shatters, hits, and commentary plays up the car crash we just witnessed, and the show comes to a close. Look, let's face it, this show is built up for one match, and that one match was a banger. 
Uncle Dave they says delivered. The, yes. Uh, Uncle Dave says that the six-man Hell in a Cell main event may have been the best WWE WWF match of the year. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to go back because TLC uh, one at SummerSlam is pretty close. Yeah, that's that's very true. I I might put TLC one uh, above this just slightly. I don't know. Thought the Armageddon, uh, not the uh, Judgment Day, uh, Iron Man match was damn good. So I don't yeah. know. There's competition there. Right. We'll have to review some of that in the future, but. What we're going to do right now is take our final break. On the other end of this, it's final ratings time and telling you what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram both at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time here. Closing time. Internet Movie Database gave this 7.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 7.07 out of 10. I gave it 7.5 out of 10 for a C. Like I said, it really kind of was a one-match show. Uh, what say you? I actually went B minus. Even though like there were some great, bad matches, I thought it was a really good show. Still, yeah, it was. I mean, it had some good, some good matches. Some matches that I would choose to forget. Uh, the Last Man Standing and the Hell in a Cell were worth it. I thought they were both great. The women's title match was a banger too. Um, Lord, uh, that. <laughs> That opening, and I, I never thought I would say this, that opening six-person intergender match was actually pretty pretty damn good. I like that. Well, so A lot of talent in that, though, to be fair. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that does it, man. That is uh, Armageddon 2000. Next week is actually double main event week. Bringing Ready. you ghost shows, which means we're creeping up on the end of the year. Creeping up on it like a pair of ladies' underpants. <laughs> Oh, good. Let's get the year over with. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, I, I don't give a damn out here in Ohio. It just means six more months of cold. So whatever. Uh, but <laughs> next next week on December 21st, just four days before Christmas, we're bringing you TNA Final Resolution 2011. Again, no. I don't know if it's any good. But uh, didn't I say the main event was 
Iron Man match, Robert Roode, or Bobby Roode, excuse me, and uh, AJ Styles. Uh, I want to say it was. I think that's why I picked it, was that freaking Iron Man match. And yes, uh, AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, uh, 30-minute Iron Man match. Uh, Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett in a steel cage. So, And James Storm and Kurt Angle one-on-one. So yeah, there, there's some stuff on the show. I'm looking forward to watching it, actually. 2011 was a good year. And our bonus show next Friday, this was not a good show, but we're going to have fun with it. It's in your house. It's time. Which, <sighs> dude, yeah. freaking Bruce The news Pritchard, will be fun. Right. Bruce Pritchard still argues, well, it wasn't necessarily for Vader. It's like, who the hell else would that be named after? Like, <laughs> shut the F up, man. <laughs> it's like everybody and their mother admits it at this point, except Where for dog you. dog was it for the British Bulldog? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Uh, well, rock bottom, that could have been for anybody. <laughs> it, was named, it was named for or Vader. DX, DX is the biggest one. Yeah. Right. House Degeneration X, that was clearly for the Heart Foundation. I what you're talking about. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, this Vader was obviously supposed to be in the main event. Sean didn't want to work with Vader, so they pulled Vader, and uh, we ended up with Sid. What about Sid? Not a bad uh, switch, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it ended up being a good feud. I liked it, but still, it's just like, man, Vader got kind of a raw deal because Sean didn't like being stiffed. But anyway, that does it, man. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. And we will see you all next week for Double Main Event Week, Final Resolution 2011, and in your house, it's time. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.